Welcome to MandoCast, the Star Wars Reports podcast, where I discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus with a weekly rotating guest. I am your host, Michael Morris, and with me this week is Matthew Rushing. Hello, hello, hello. Now, this one, I had to drag you on to this one. You did not want to be on this episode at all. I mean, who would want to be on this episode? It's not like anybody <laughs> in the world likes Ahsoka. I mean, right. she's so boring. Um, and uh, no, uh, I volunteered myself as tribute because, <laughs> well, I love Ahsoka. And I, I would call myself a felony file. Right, right. So, you know, um, and this is the Dave episode. And I was on the Dave episode last year. I figured it was only fitting that I should just come back and, and repeat that. Yeah, man, this this was a really good episode, and and like this year they've just been firing. I think that uh, you know the probably like the low point so far for this season was the uh, the one with the the Krikna, but even that one was a fun like action packed episode. Um, like this one has not, you know, like the other ones. Not that they, you know, season one. Not that I. Um, I didn't feel like any of them were really bad as much as they would kind of, you know, you would have like peaks and valleys of the, you know, the right. story. Whereas this one is just like, go, <laughs> you know, every episode it's like, oh, here's some stuff. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll probably kind of, you know, get a little bit more of a, uh, you know, downtime episode or something next time. Or whatever. Nope, we're, we're going there too, you know. So, and this episode, like, <sighs> Did you expect to see Ahsoka right off the bat? Um, I I didn't expect us to have to wait too long. Uh-huh. Mainly just because, I mean, if you're going to put her in this episode, it seems ridiculous to just, like, only put her in there maybe for a few minutes. You know, I, I think, you know, if you're going to do it, you as fans, I, I think, you know, even back to the Bo-Katan episode, right? You mm-hmm. you want more than just a few minutes, you know, and, and I feel like one of the things that this series is doing, especially with season two, is that when we're doing this with these characters, we're really rewarding the fans who have been with the series for a long time, you know, right. and, and paid attention to all of Star Wars, not just um, the, the small things. And so I really appreciate that being the fact you know that that yes we're gonna not only bring ahsoka on to the show but we're going to allow you to spend time with her um and 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 so i think i think that's really nice um to see honestly right yeah it's it was great and and, i mean it's immediately i was shocked because like i said i I expected it to kind of ease you into it and then, like, right off the bat, you see those white lightsabers. I'm like, oh, oh, we're doing this now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it was a great it was a great opening because it's just mm-hmm. a quick, you know, and I think like many uh, Clone Wars episodes um, or even Rebels episodes where it's like, you know, we don't have time to waste. So we're mm-hmm. not going to waste time. And I think that's the thing that the Mandalorian has done so well for the most part uh, over its, you know, first season and a half is that each of the episodes you know we just get to the heart of the matter and so um i really appreciated this this episode and and you know what it made me feel is that um connecting with the the episode we just had with with uh bo katan mm-hmm. i mean they must be in quite constant contact for her to know that ahsoka's here right because this doesn't feel like a planet ahsoka's been on for a 
a long period of time. It just feels like they're in contact with what Ahsoka is doing, which is the because of a Sabine, possibly, right. you know, um, and, and that whole connection, um, because this doesn't feel like a mission that Ahsoka has been on for months and months and months or years. You know, this feels like a very recent, you know, addition to Ahsoka's trail looking for Thrawn. Yeah, well, I mean, because I will say it was interesting um, trying to determine exactly what was going on there at the beginning. um, Because you have that alarm going and there's, you know, the panic and stuff. And uh, I didn't know if like that was them invading um, and this was sort of a uh, like an occupation that had just started, or right. Um, so I'm, you know, I wasn't exactly sure on what was going on with that. Uh, definitely looked like you know Filoni had been brushing up on his uh, Kurosawa, though. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking to myself today um, that tonight I'm going to have to watch Yojimbo um, uh-huh. just because, and obviously too. Uh, you know, I saw some great clips online thankful to, to fans uh, for pointing this out but the the fight scene uh in the courtyard um mm-hmm. was very akin to a fight scene from kill bill uh so uh apparently and and so now i've got more films to watch so um you know i just i think that's really neat that you know obviously dave is very much in tune with this episode pulling from you know not not just the western but really those kurosawa films right which you know, uh, makes sense because both him and George Lucas love those movies. And mm-hmm. so, and it worked out perfectly. I, and, um, you know, the, the unlikely, unlikely pairing then that we get with, you know, Ahsoka and the Mandalorian joining forces was great too. Uh, yeah. you know, so I think all of that, yeah, the beginning was like, okay, trying to get your bearings. Um, mm-hmm. but it was such a great start, you know, with just the lightsabers, like you said, and, you know, then, um, uh, Ahsoka quickly taking out these guards and then giving this person, you know, a day to give them the information they want. Yeah. Um, so, which, uh, what I kind of love is it reminds me a little bit of the return of the Jedi where Luke walks in, you know, he chokes some dudes, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, you know, and you're like, dude, what's going on with Luke? You yeah. know? And, and so, you know, once we get to the point of, um, Ahsoka telling the story to Din it makes so much more sense, you know, what she's doing here and and why she's here. Yeah. Um, and it felt really akin to what the Jedi were supposed to be doing in the first place. You know, they, right. were, they were out there to, to help right wrongs that, that other mm-hmm. people wouldn't, you know. Yeah. And so she's doing that. I mean, it's it's a part of her mission. Right. But it's also um, it's also a part of this greater mission, which is this planet is being ravaged by these people. And, and I really appreciated that, too. Yeah, that's. I mean, there was a there's lots to unpack here, and, and you know, and like with what you said, I I didn't make that connection, but now I totally see what you're saying. You know, where Luke walks in there and he has you know all this entire palace of you know scum and villainy, uh, basically with with blasters pointed on him, and he just talks like he's the one in charge. You know, he's the one making demands, and uh, right. Ahsoka does the same thing. She's like, okay, well, she's like, no. You already um, have made their lives miserable, so here's what I'm gonna do. You know, it's like you have one day to decide. You know, she completely uh, 
you know, puts the negotiations on her terms and like with complete confidence, which I thought was awesome. I mean, those are some aggressive negotiations right there. <laughs> exactly. That's, I mean, she learned from Anakin. So, it's, of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Anakin and Obi-Wan were very, very popular when it came to aggressive negotiations. So, she, you know, you, if you're going to learn, learn from the best. Right. And there's a couple of moments too where, um, you know, she felt very, she did a couple of things that I felt like were Anakin. And one of them that really stood out to me was when she stole that gun from that dude. Uh, mm-hmm. And he just looks at her and she looks at him and she gives him that look like, dude, run. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or I'm going to have to kill you. Um, yeah. And, and I just thought that was such an Anakin moment. Right. Like, you know, there's a couple little things like that to just really, uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, it was, it was good. It was really good. So. Um, you know, another thing I love too that I, cause I thought it was just so smart. Um, and, and I think it was great for, you know, not Jedi just being powerful, but also being intelligent and, uh, you know, strategic. She, yeah. she wasn't running around in the fight the entire time with her lightsabers ignited. She would, she would take somebody out and then power them down and just completely vanish in the fog like a ninja. And that was awesome, you know, because it's like, uh, you know, because they're they're constantly guessing where she's going to be, and and she just the answer was always behind you. <laughs> it was always yeah, behind you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and what I really loved, you know, uh, so you know, we get the whole story about what this person is doing there, and mm-hmm. and how um, you know, Morgan has has uh created this this um. Uh, this this enterprise this group you know that mm-hmm. has helped you know helped build the imperial star uh fleet um and so it makes me wonder if that's how she knew thrawn because of the tie defender project mm-hmm. um but also you know when the mandalorian approaches this planet you know um bo katan tells her that this is the forest planet of of corvus tells mm-hmm. the mandalorian this is and and what we see is that they are stripping this planet they yeah. are burning this planet to death um, and, you know, having uh, lived in, in the Northwest for the last six years, you know, we've had a couple of years where the, the wildfires has been, have been awful yeah. and they completely nailed the look of what a planet and an area of a planet affected by wildfires looks like. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what it looks like. So it created that dingy, dark, you know, uh, hazy feel, uh, which it really worked, obviously, for the episode. And like you said, Ahsoka hiding. Right. But I just really appreciated that we got an opportunity to kind of see how evil these people are by them basically just burning an entire forest planet. Like, right. They're awful. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was. And, you know, too, I'm not quite sure if this is what they were going for, but it was just the vibes I was getting. Uh, it reminded me kind of now Hutta. You know, where, mm, um, every, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like everything, yep. it kind of had that same feel and it was just very much, um, everyone was sort of under the thumb of the huts, you know, it just mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. oppressive. Well, and, and it also reminded me honestly of, uh, the rise of Skywalker. Remember when they go back yeah. to Mustafar and that planet has kind of begun to cool, but there's still so much of it burned out. Right. And so that's kind of like. By them doing whatever they're doing to this planet, where they're basically strip mining this planet for something, which is causing them to burn the forest, mm-hmm. um, it's creating this just like desolate place. And so you know, now that they've been put to a stop, you know that's that's a really good thing, obviously, for these people and for this planet, um, because there was that other scene where they go to test uh, 
Grogu, and uh, they you can see that that area has begun to regenerate. Mm-hmm. It has begun to grow again out of the ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like if they don't continue to allow these people to stay here, this planet could survive. Right. So now they're uh, like, I just, I, I, there's so much that's being told visually without somebody like pointing to it for you. Yeah. And then of course it, it, it connects with the dialogue they do give you. I just thought it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a watch it multiple times episode. Absolutely. I mean, I mean cause if, if you didn't, you would have missed Moray, you know? Uh, so which uh, if you you didn't know, she's she's hanging up in the, you know, the the owl, the convery yep. is hanging up, which was great. You know, so uh, that just little touch that she follows Ahsoka wherever she goes is pretty awesome. And so I would have totally missed it. But and this is why it's always great to uh, watch with a friend. <laughs> you know, I was. Uh, like l- typing up uh, a note real quick, you know, watching it, and Christy just she goes Convery, and I'm like, what? And I look up and I just just see it as it's uh, about to you know transition. So uh, I was like, awesome, great catch, <laughs> you know, just yeah. lots of little. I mean, even the the loath cat just popping up for a half a yep, second. Yep, <laughs> so great, so great. Well, and you mentioned that one of the things you mentioned there was the white lightsabers, mm-hmm. and what I thought was really interesting was seeing white lightsabers in live action for the first time right and how different they look from the other lightsabers we've seen because you know the other lightsabers we've seen basically are kind of like white in the middle and then they have their color on the edge which creates that glow that we all know right right but these are just white all the way through Mm -hmm. so there's such a different look to them on screen than what we're used to um and i thought it was really astounding to kind of see you know like we know Ahsoka's white lightsabers are special. Right. And they kind of signify her being this kind of in the middle person between the light and the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and this almost, you know, uh, it obviously, you know, we all saw at the end of Rebels, this kind of Ahsoka, the white, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just to see those in live action, I think that really accentuated just how special these lightsabers are. And I got to say, too, they look so much better than the ones you can buy at um, the Disney parks. Uh, they yeah. looked v- a lot less clunky. Yeah, and no, I was about to say, yeah, they're not as bulky. It, yeah, it looked yeah. Re- I just was really uh, impressed with how good they looked in live action. Yeah. Yeah, that that is the one thing about the the ones in the Disney parks because, you know, uh, Christy and I almost bought them because. Um, we were trying to decide between that those and then the the Luke Return of the Jedi one. And she's like, well, we should probably get the Luke Return of the Jedi one because it's cheaper. And I'm like, okay, it is, but only by a little bit. I'm like, price-wise, you're not going to get a better deal than than the Ahsoka Sabres. But then when we thought about it, I'm like, eh, I don't have a green lightsaber. Green's my favorite color. I'm like, let me just get this one. We're going to get the Ahsoka ones next time. Mm-hmm. But they are a bit clunky. Yeah. I, I do agree there. Well, and that's why I want um, her her ones from Clone Wars that right. they're, they're going to bring out because uh, they also color change from green to blue which is really cool oh that's um, really cool and yeah, yeah. yeah and because of because of the the round casings i think mm-hmm. that makes it easier for them to put the electronics in right so they don't feel so big mm-hmm. um whereas i just feel like the the kind of like curved flat edged look for ahsoka's rebel savers they just don't translate as well um when you're not you know they're not, they're not being paid to 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 make super 
expensive versions, you know, for on screen. Right. So, so let's let's talk about um, since we haven't talked about Ahsoka yet, let's talk more about or, you know let's let's start talking about Ahsoka. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> um, you know, the big thing. I mean, there, there's been some um, you know controversy about not having Ashley uh, portray her and everything. Like, what was your thoughts on how Rosario Dawson portrayed the character? You know, I, I remember when they made the announcement and uh, it took me a few hot moments to get used to the idea of somebody else playing Ahsoka. And, you know, I am a huge fan of Ashley, mm-hmm. I'm a massive fan of Ashley's. Uh, I think she's a wonderful human being as a part. I mean, just beyond just being a, you know, incredible actress to pull off this role for so long. You know, she's an incredible human being, too. And so um, for her not to be a part of the role was difficult for me to digest. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I think the thing that we got with Rosario's Ahsoka works really well and and especially when i had to remind myself that we haven't seen this character since the second season of rebels really yes she quote unquote time travels but (laughs) the time that she's being pulled from is that time so Mm -hmm. it has been so long since we've seen this character what 10 years you know um yeah somewhere roughly likely you know yeah so probably somewhere around there and and so I, I had to remind myself that there's been a lot that this character has been through that we haven't mm-hmm. seen. And so kind of, uh, and I felt like Rosario did a great job of taking what we saw in rebels where Ahsoka is much more reserved. Um, anyway, like she's not as chatty as she right. used to be. She's even less chatty now. Mm-hmm. And I think that made sense. Um, and I think part of that is that she's learned when to talk and when not to talk. Um, and, uh, you know, she's a much more mature person. Uh, with everything she's been through. I think Rosario plays all of that really well. Um, I think she had some of um, just the Ahsoka uh, swagger to mm-hmm. her that you needed. Um, but I, I really felt like that they've done a great job of showing this character has grown right, um, and moved forward. And uh, the only thing that I would mention, and I think uh, probably a lot of people uh, are having trouble with it, and my wife did, to, to be honest, is... Um, you know, her montails uh-huh. are a lot smaller, obviously, than even what we saw in Rebels. Right, right. And so that look is is very different. And 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 I have to remember that one, this is an an episode of television. Mm-hmm. They don't have they're not spending three hundred million dollars on a film. Um, and they have very little time to create these things. She's in a lot more action. Right. That's what I think it is. Than, the yeah, biggest part, I than, think. Yeah. Exactly. Than like a shock T ever was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not animated where you can just do whatever you want. And again, this isn't a $300 million film where you can give her um, something green to put around her face and then you'll animate it later where it'll right. really look incredible. No, this is television again. And so mm-hmm. I think all of that fits together. Um, I would say it felt a little frustrating to me just that part of the look uh-huh. because it does make her look a little bit more like a Padawan again than yeah, I, yeah, we I, remember. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all that to say is it's, I, I if, if they bring her back to do mm-hmm. like an Ahsoka and Sabine show, I would hope what they would do is they'd go back and spend the money 
to really create a look that is slightly closer to what we know mm-hmm. um, and just with Montails that look a, a little bit more realistic. Yeah. Um, even the Twi'leks I didn't love when they were on last right, season. Right, right, um, yeah. But I thought Rosario did a great job. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, this is a hard role to step into because fans love her so much. But, I mean, I would absolutely 100%, without a shadow of a doubt, watch a series with Ahsoka and, like, Sabine in it. Yeah. I mean, I think Rosario, my wife even said, you know, her face is so similar. When mm-hmm. she smiles, it feels like Ahsoka. I thought the paint job they did on her body looked great. You know, the, the yeah. orange paint looked phenomenal like it she just looked like yeah she was that color yeah so i think all that was great yeah mm-hmm. sorry i rambled a little bit but no you're good you're no, good. no all exactly, to say, i think she did a fantastic yeah. job and i would all, all i want now is more yeah because i mean like like i said that that's the importance because it uh i mean there's there's certainly you know it's just rumor but there's been rumor and i think uh with good reason that um, yeah, we're going to get a, an Ahsoka live action show. And like I said, uh, you and I hear that and we're like, yeah, that that's, <laughs> that's the way to go. Do that. Um, yeah, this is the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing for me that I, I noticed immediately when she started talking was where obviously, you know, her, her voice is not, you know, perfectly identical to Ashley's, but she really, you know, to me at least, it seemed like she really captured Ashley's cadence. Um, you know, like I, I could basically, she would say something, and then in my head, I would, um, you know, basically like picture Ashley saying it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like she would have said that that exact same way. You know, like the the rise and fall of of her speech patterns, I think would have they right. felt dead on to me. Well, I think that's where it helps to have Dave directing this episode, who mm-hmm. spent so much time directing Ashley specifically in yeah. the voice. Um, and I, I, one of the things I noticed, I felt like uh, Rosario kind of gave her voice a, a higher register, you know, like you mm-hmm. can do. Like she acts specifically gave her voice a slightly higher register um, so that because normally if you've seen Rosario and things, she, she tends to have slightly more husky voice. Um, but I thought she did a great job of of creating a voice for Ahsoka here that felt like a good in-between. And partly, too, you could just rationalize with, yeah, this character is 10 years older, you mm-hmm. know? And so as we grow, our voices change anyway. Right. Um, and so uh, they get, they tend to either get deeper or, you know, more scratchy or, you know, all of those type of things. And so uh, I think all of that worked. And, and I think she did a great job in that sense, too. But no, I agree. I, and I think that partly just comes from the fact that Dave knows exactly how to direct to get the vocal um, performance he wants. But at the same time, now he's directing to get the entire performance, which was really interesting to watch her, you know, for Dave normally, uh, you know, it, he could he can make characters do whatever he wants, you know, right. <laughs> the, uh, the George Lucas way of, of being able to make a character do whatever you want without having to direct them. Uh, except for their voice and here you know it's like you have to get all the mannerisms down right so it was mm-hmm. i think that to me was really interesting just watching her move um and kind of inhabit the character and i was again that's where i'd really love to see a whole series where we get that opportunity um to to really um you know follow this character in, into a whole new medium yeah ab- absolutely i i agree yeah 
It's uh, like I said, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, one one thing, and maybe you know, maybe not. Uh, I noticed that as soon as they kind of get off the the ship, uh, off the Razor Crest, you see these large creatures in the background, and you know, I mean, I was like, ah, oh, kind of reminds me of Dewbacks, and then you see them later, and I'm like. I can't put my finger on it, but I feel like I've seen those before. Was were they familiar to you, or they they did have a familiarity to me? And part of it is I I feel like they looked very similar to some things I had seen uh, concept art for in the okay. Clone Wars somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for the un uh, the unused uh, arcs that they were going to do. Okay, and that's really where I was kind of struck, um, and I couldn't find. Um, I have a bunch of screenshots and things from from things that they they used in that, um, and I couldn't, I just couldn't find anything. There's there's a shot of uh, Ahsoka, I don't know, basically um, a large wolf, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I, you've probably seen that one before from an unused arc. Um, but this did remind me of something of of a really. It, it was just this weird kind of tall gangly looking thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought that was really fascinating for them to add those in. Um, and obviously kind of love that they're, uh, you know, behind the scenes things, you yeah. know, like the, you're not really getting a, a good up front look at them, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely added to this world and, you know, just kind of the way that they were crying out reminded me, I don't remember. I don't know if you've seen the third or was it? The second, um, yeah, I think it's the second, uh, Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. Um, and when the Brachiosaurus, you know, is just crying, <laughs> oh, you know, it's like the most hor- leaving. <laughs> it's, it's so the terrible. Horrible, <laughs> most horrible scene, right? Uh, but no, yeah. it reminded me of that because those mm-hmm. creatures seem to be suffering. Right. I, that's what I picked up. Is those yeah. creatures are suffering because right. they're burning their planet and they don't have enough to eat, and their yeah. the cries they were making just felt felt so horrific. Yeah. So. That's where I went. I, like uh, the design felt familiar, but mm-hmm. it just it it added to the the sadness of what's being done to this planet. Right, right. Um, and then of course we we have a little uh, you know uh, back to of course um, I guess Grogu. We'll, we'll kind of get to that. Uh, little later but we don't have to call him the child anymore uh it's true we don't <laughs> him wanting to uh play with the the knob um mm-hmm. and i you know it was definitely it was one of those I've, I've talked about on here before it was one of those uh checkoff's gun moments because uh, i noticed i'm like yeah they're really you know they're kind of really hammering on that knob so you know but i don't know but then i noticed he's like no this belongs on the ship but then he puts it in his pocket and i'm like all right, right. Let's see. Let's we'll see what this does later. And sure enough, we see it come back. And I told Christy, I'm like, yeah, he ain't gonna use that rock. I'm like, but he will. He won't get the knob, and, and it'll do it. Right. <laughs> but no, I thought that was a, a great moment because mm-hmm. you know I, I think what it also showed to me is that you know obviously Grogu has gotten more comfortable with using the Force around. Then mm-hmm. you know we we've seen that his his. Uh, his use of the force around him kind of growing and that he's not so reticent to use it, which I think is really great. And that's one of the things that plays into, like you said, just the rest of the episode. Um, but him, you know, taking it off because he wants it, you know, it, it, it does also show, I think this, um, 
and it's something we were talking about in our 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 group behind the scenes like uh that we have our our tweetflex of the night group you mm-hmm. know is that you know grogu is is a character that we have seen basically um kind of use the force in ways that you don't want kids using the force he right does it really selfishly um and he does it in a way that um isn't isn't um it's not stand it's not what you would call jedi like right you know this is right it's not how we want kids using the force you know and because he he's doing it for very selfish reasons mm-hmm. you know um and so i think that's really interesting and then of course you know that obviously plays into whether or not you know ahsoka says that she will train him right and i think to me that really spoke volumes uh, about just where this this character is um and i thought was was really uh, just a really well done part of the episode. Like you said, it's absolutely playing into the rest of that, right. um, but it's also kind of a cute moment too. Cause like, you know, what kid <laughs> wouldn't use the force like that? Yeah. You know, dad tells them to go sit in the back, <laughs> and, but they want the thing that's right in front of them. You know, right. that's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. Uh, which I take a, a quick little uh, sidestep to say, uh, Christy texted me cause William and I got, really in depth on those cookies on the last episode and apparently nice. someone's now making them they're very expensive though they were like almost 40 dollars oh, yeah. for a box of those cookies or whatever so i was like yep. man them must them must really be some good cookies <laughs> apparently the best cookies in the galaxy right <laughs> um now, and another one that's this really means nothing for the rest of the episode but i I don't know why. Like I, I feel like uh, it it needs mentioning because it drove me nuts. I was just like, "What? Really?" He left the door open when, and they just walk away from the Razor Crest. And I don't, I don't know a lot. <laughs> I'm like, like why? What are you why doing? would you do that? Hey, uh, remember when you're like, "Cool, I'm gonna go do some stuff," and you come back and the entire ship was taken apart. Maybe learn from your mistakes. <laughs> Close the door. Lock it up. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not. No, he's cool. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> I, like I said, it's one of those things where you know it's not important to the story whatsoever. But I'm just like, dude, cl- <laughs> close the door. <laughs> oh man. Um, and then another, you know, just sort of fan service thing where he he walks by the eight D eight droid, which uh, we mm-hmm. saw back in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi, which was great. You know, just. Well, and yeah, I mean, of course, we've got the uh, HK-47 droids uh, from Ralph McQuarrie art. And then, of course, mm-hmm. they were made famous in uh, the um, Knights of the Old Republic, yeah. you know, calling people meat bags. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, great to see them here, too, mm-hmm. you know. So, always fun to see cool droids, ones that you really, I mean, we've never seen HK-47s look like that in canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... um yeah, anytime you see an old droid, I love that classic droid just like limping down the road. Like it, yeah. it's seen better days. <laughs> well, and and I think I don't know. I, like I'm wondering if that's sort of like a callback because didn't we see it being tortured in the um in Jabba's palace? I'm trying to remember yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, it's one of those where I don't know if it's like R5 where it's supposed to be that exact same droid. I, I don't know. Right. Um, but it yeah, was just probably cool not the for, exact same droid. But yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just nice little you know it it doesn't get in the way of the story but you know if you know what it is you see it and and can enjoy it yeah um 
And then, uh, of course, he goes and he meets, uh, I mean, we don't know her name at, at that point, uh, but he meets with uh, Morgan Elspeth, uh, who was the, oh, what would they call her? The, I'm trying to remember her position. She was the, the magistrate. Magistrate. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so she basically offers him this, uh, he called it a staff, but that's a javelin <laughs> you know the i mean it does look like uh it it does look like a some some kind of javelin yeah. I mean, obviously it's basically a, a beskar spear yeah because uh, it's got a spearhead at the top right um but i mean really cool mm-hmm. to see the javelin made of pure beskar mm-hmm. and you just know that's going to come in handy when he has to fight moff gideon in that dark saber so something i kind of uh, I mean, I would think not, but I was even wondering if that might be the same one or similar to the one that Phasma had. And um, uh, no, her hers extends. Remember? Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I can't. But no, I uh, to me this just that, is so. like <laughs> what, what else are you going to fight a dark saber with? Right. You, know? uh, you need something that. Unless you have your own lightsaber, which he doesn't, mm-hmm. um, he's going to need something that can take. The, those blows um which we also saw how well beskar holds up to a lightsaber this episode for the first time ever which was brilliant yep and i definitely gotta uh uh give it to to mark herleman when i had him on you know that was this big thing he's like he's like i want to know how beskar holds up to uh to lightsabers i'm like we'll find out and you know it actually held up way better than i expected because i i thought that it would sort of be like a a very very slow burn you know I, I didn't expect it to be as uh i guess repellent or resistant as it was well i think it shows you just how, why this is so valuable why mm-hmm. like why everybody wants it you know every right. time like we saw on that episode with bo katan you know they want his best car everybody wants his best car uh, be, why because it's worth so much money because of what it can repel you know, obviously it repels blaster bolts very well, but also and and pretty heavy duty one we saw in that episode too. You know, um, but you know, be able to 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 hold up to a lightsaber, mm-hmm. you know, which obviously aren't seen much in the galaxy these days. But still, I mean, this is the thing that makes it so, uh, like priceless, basically, yeah. and why you know when he people are trying to pay him if they want to pay him with best guards, it's definitely tempting. So. Um, yeah, I thought that was one of the best things that, you know, Christy and I always talk about in 602 club, you know, with movies, it's like show don't tell. Right. And so they keep showing us the value of Beskar Mm -hmm. so well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, the the lightsabers are rare, but, uh, if it can hold up to the lightsabers, you know, blasters aren't. So, you know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Absolutely. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, and of course, yeah, we see that. And that was such a cool fight scene too. That I mean, the fight choreography in, in this whole episode was just on point. Um, you know, like even when, um, he takes and, and he ties her up and instead of just do, you know, flipping the lightsabers up and, uh, slashing the, uh, the binds, she just leaps up and then basically pulls him up into the air, you know? Uh, it was just cool, you know, definitely being something we've not seen before. It's like similar to like, you know, when we saw, um, 
Boba Fett do the exact same thing to Luke. You know, Luke just sort of cuts it, but it was cool seeing a different uh, way out of it than, than what we've seen before. Well, and I mean, how uh, that's a moment to like how Anakin is that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, or even Obi Wan. Like, mm-hmm. and I think that was the thing that was really cool of kind of seeing all these things that you realize that Ahsoka has learned from the best on how to think on her feet, you mm-hmm. know, um, and uh, and when to leave her feet, you know, and she does that a few times this episode where she leaves her feet or flips or does something really cool like yeah. that. Um, Just and try I, spinning. I think That's it, a good trick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I thought that was something that was really special about uh, her battle with the Mandalorian, which I thought was so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, her, you know, her battle with Morgan later, um, you know, but that battle with the I just love where he's like Ahsoka Tano stop you know he's and when he says yeah. her name and like and then the way she says to him I hope it's about him right and it's right just yeah like of course like everybody wants to talk about the baby right um, right you know <laughs> I, it was it was such a great moment it was so well done it was so well and I mean I we haven't even really talked about but I've got to say the 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 way this is shot to me the way this is filmed uh mm-hmm. the action in it um it all feels so deliberate mm-hmm. and so well done um, mm-hmm. and and even just like i love the way you know all the choreography happens but i also really love the way scenes were allowed to have that moment like where the wind is just blowing right you know and you're watching their their capes kind of flow in the wind like because that feels so yeah. kurosawa in those those you know uh samurai movies yeah and and that's the thing too is like uh which i think a big part of it is i mean i'm not 100 percent sure but anything i see from behind the scenes it looks like dave is on set every single time like it seems like he's always on set even if he's not the director um it, it seems like he's there he may not be 100 percent, but i i think it's probably a lot um you know possibly 100 percent. so and and that's def- in my opinion it, it definitely seems to be working for him because i think you watch that first episode and you watch this one and he's coming a long way very fast in, in his live action directing. I mean, he is he is picking it up and, and just really going with it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many uh, great people that he's been able to work with and, mm-hmm. and learn from. Uh, and so um, it's, it's really uh, something that we would love to uh, just see more of. And obviously, I think he's learned so much. Um, and I think he's doing such a great job um, and, and not just that, but I mean, again, I think you're absolutely right. When I think of what he did last, the, the fifth episode of last season and this fifth episode, they're night and day mm-hmm. better, you know? Um, and I think probably Dave himself would even say that. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and granted, I mean, I, I really enjoyed his episodes, uh, from last time or, you know, last season, I, I thought they were good, but, um, like I said, watching them and, and now seeing, uh, these, like I said, you, you see the improvement and like, I think that, you know, it just, it makes me even more excited to see what's to come from him in the future. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 
the, I still think that the first episode of, of, you know, the first season is, is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. that I, you know, we, we talked together about the fifth episode. Right. Um, and I, you know, I, I have a, a lot of appreciation for it, but it definitely wasn't my favorite. So, right. But at the same time, yeah, this, this episode, like we're saying, I think, you know, we're just seeing Dave continue to really grow in his mm-hmm. craft. And, uh, it makes me exci- really excited to, you know, to, to see what he'll do. And, and part of that just has to do with the writing of this episode, because, you know, what we're crafting and, and where we're bringing this whole series and the doors were opening uh, you know, I was talking to, our friend Sean, um, real late night last night after the episode <laughs> was over. And I was like, I could not believe, I told him, I cannot believe in the last three episodes how much we've blown the doors open for this series and how much bigger it's gotten. Yeah. When you think about Absolutely. the scope of what we're mm-hmm. talking about, it's phenomenal. You know, from bringing back Mandalore, um, recapturing Mandalore to uh, Ahsoka mm-hmm. and Thrawn and Ezra and what's going on with all of those things um that's big stuff i mean that's mm-hmm. that's galaxy spanning stuff now we're we're not a small show anymore yeah. and it reminds me of how like rebels grew you know yeah. it started off really small and then it just exploded and uh so i feel like this this show is is about to do this is is doing the same thing so yeah and i mean i even question if if that's too big for the show like if if those are things that you know, don't necessarily need to be tackled in the show as much as, like I said, they deserve their own show uh, to handle. Well, and I think, I think what it's going to come down to is that you know this is basically, and I'll just say it straight out. I think this is a backdoor pilot, mm-hmm. you know, for the Ahsoka Sabine show, so they can do that on their own, right? And and this show can kind of continue on with the Mandalorians, but I do see this coming to a place where you could meet them, right? And, like, your films where basically yeah. you do a Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. It just Avengers it, you know, it's like they, they have well, their yeah, own. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. uh, you know, with Thrawn out there uh-huh. so much time before the sequels, you could literally do a, 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 a version of the quote unquote Thrawn trilogy. Right. That's still on the table. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I could I- totally see that instead of it being the other part of the galaxy, you know, we think of mm-hmm. it happens to be, you know, the Mandalorians and in, you know, um, and Ahsoka and Ezra and and uh, Din and, you know, Kara and, you know, mm-hmm. all these people that are involved with that fight um, that maybe the rest aren't, you know, so um I just I think it's really fascinating, uh, and I think I would love for us to to play around with all of that stuff. So, so you're saying you think that we're going to see an Ezra? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which which of the vowel would be repeated. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think we Instead need. Luke. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, hopefully, we're not going down that path per se. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, some, yeah. and that's the thing. Like you know, and that's what I think we've seen you know, Dave do, uh, helped out, you know, started with George and then worked its way into rebels where we're bringing things into Canon from the EU, um, but doing it our way. Right. Right. And so I think that's just another place where you could see that happen. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I, I, that's what I love about Dave is that he, 
he knows the stuff and loves it, but he also knows what's wrong about it. You know, um, like I know he, he mentioned like with the, uh, the you Salamiri, um, I think somebody asked him about that and he was like, no, he's like, that's not like, that's not how the force works. You know, like the whole idea yeah, yeah. of, uh, you know, of a naturally or naturally occurring organic species that can yes just turn the force off. Like that doesn't, like that's not within George's vision. And so he's like, yeah, we can do these other things, but you know, that doesn't fit in. And, and I, right. like I said, I, I like his judgment on it. Um, and yeah, I think that seeing a, you know, a version of the Thrawn trilogy that, you know, even if he doesn't direct, but if he oversees in some way or, you know, uh, helps out consults, whatever, um, I think could be very good. Yeah. Well, and I totally see that that's kind of where all of this is going, mm-hmm. you know, and, and much, really, I, to me, you can see how, you know, Dave is helping bring all of Star Wars together, yeah. you know, and, and to make it feel cohesive again. Um, and, and this series is, is, is really helping do that. And I think where they want to go with, you know, a, the idea of, of, you know, an Ahsoka Sabine series, those type of things, all of that is helping bring the prequel trilogy era and the the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy kind of bringing them all together and you know it's helpful you've got that 30 year time span to really help that happen um and they're doing it by playing in other parts of the galaxy without the like the biggest tools in the box you know we're not talking about skywalkers here we're talking about everybody else and i think that's really fun to be able to do which i so it brings me to the idea michael of, of like okay so Grogu is the kid's name, mm-hmm. and how do, how do we feel about the name? I like it. Like I'm I'm fine with it. Feel Star Wars, you know. I think Grogu, you know, maybe it sounds weird, but how you know how natural sounding does Yoda sound? You know, like or Dooku. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it works. I'm fine with it. I'm actually super happy that it's it's now out there. It's clear. I think. You know, I've never been a fan of calling him the child. I've, you know, I've, I'm like, no, baby Yoda's fine. You know, and some people are like, no, but it's not Yoda. Yes, we all know that. We understand. But we know he doesn't have a, you know, no one knows the name of the species. Uh, so you can't call him by his species name. Yoda's the, the closest thing that we know. Baby Yoda sounds much better than the child, in my opinion. So now I don't have to worry about any of that. It's Grogu. And I, I, I kind of feel like that... That was essentially them putting, uh, you know, that was sort of an end of an era for this, that they're like, all right, look, this whole, the child thing is not going over well, let's give him a name, and then we can uh, push that, the, you know, the child's just not sticking. And and I think people will still call him Baby Yoda, I, I think that that's just something that, um I mean, we'll see, but I, I still expect to see that uh, carry on for at least right. uh, some time. But I like that we can now transition into calling him by his name. Right. Well, it, it, so to me, what I loved is the way that we do this. You know, it makes so much sense. You know, it, Grogu is not in a place where uh, communication for him has grown to the point where he can say things, right? But he right. can still understand, you know, and and I think one of the things we learned in this episode is how much maybe we haven't given him credit for for actually understanding and knowing. Right. He's not necessarily a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of in those like 
younger years, you know, probably between one and 10, one and 11, kind of like what we would consider, right? Somewhere right. in there. Um, and who knows, again, we don't know how the species develops. There's very little we know. So we're just enjoying all that we get. But just the way we learn his name, I thought was so genuine and so sweet, you know, um, that, you know, Ahsoka is able to communicate to him through the force and they are be, they, they can actually talk and have these conversations. And so that that would be the way we would learn his name was fantastic. Yeah. And I also got to say, I love that we didn't try to play around with Yaddle and Yoda and the Y names where we just went completely different. Um, I think that's the way to go. And, you know, Aaron Gowen said it best in our group, you know, like it, it's going to be divisive no matter what you call him because we've uh -huh. gotten so used to calling him baby Yoda, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And so, but yeah, I think it's a cute name. Grogu mm -hmm. is, is a fun little name. And I just, the moment when, you know, you see Din say his name and he like looks up at him, he's like, huh? That, you know? that was like it one of the most so adorable cute. things. Yeah. Like his, his ears just perked up <laughs> like, yeah, that's my name, you know? Cause that's the first time Mando say calls my him. Name, yeah. Say my name, say my name. It was so yeah. adorable. But <laughs> you did bring up uh, another you know, another door I have to open. I have to, because they, you know, where they did it, I, th I think they did a good job of trying to, you know, put a stop to that. You know, one thing too is, is I, I would see some people that would say, oh, I think, you know, and not to, uh, um, not to like shame or anything like that, but I, I think, you know, they'd be a little more casual and they don't quite understand the timeline and stuff. And they're like, Oh, I think this might actually be Yoda. Um, and like that some, I can't like some like far out there stuff. And it's like, well, no, because he's 50. He, Yoda would have been alive during the same time that he's alive. It doesn't work. You know, it's not this reincarnation thing or whatever that, that I've seen people try to, to say, so I like that so, we can be so clear on that. So one question, though, uh -huh. this, and this is probably not true. Uh -huh. uh, so, But one thing I thought of was, you know, remember in the EU how Coyote Mundi was allowed to be married because his species, the way they appropriated... <laughs> That's, I think you're getting to the same place yeah. I was. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> was that Yoda and Yaddle or actually that? They, I mean... Because they said he was, he, was, he was basically at the temple... A, like a baby like a actual baby you know so yeah. like and i know she obviously doesn't say you know that that's his kid and you know but i <laughs> it didn't but, seem abnormal that 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 might be the case i mean yeah it's like i said we know that yaddle was at the temple we know that yoda was at the temple um we know that yaddle disappeared Jedi. at some point um yeah i mean it's it's certainly way more plausible now than than before you know well, and that uh, does i mean to me this does answer though the fact that he's not a clone you know he right. was a regardless of whose child he is he was a child at the temple mm -hmm. uh, and to me the most fascinating questions are i mean yoda being his father or whatever maybe okay whatever yeah uh, and that's probably not the case the more interesting questions though is like he was at the temple he somebody hid him away somebody right. saved him who was that right because right. that's a huge question because because at the end of the episode where she talks about you know there are very few Jedi left it's like well, we know there are other Jedi out there other than Luke right but which ones are they I mean are we talking about Cal Kestis are we talking about Ezra are we talking about somebody else you know like who is that 
I mean, I think they said it. I think there's there's two ways you can take that. I think they said it that way so that you know uh, we can kind of leave it open enough that you can add Jedi without it, you know, breaking canon or or anything like that. Right. But I I feel like specifically that she is speaking about Ezra. That that's who I think she like when she says that. I think yeah. in her mind she thinks Ezra. You know, and see, I don't think it's Ezra because um, I think she's still on the lookout for Ezra. That's why she's looking for Thrawn. And so I think she's referring that there are a few other Jedi out there. Um, and that's what I'm really interested in. Because, again, like we, I mean, Cal Kestis is canon. Mm-hmm. So that's true. could it be him? Yeah. Um, and then you already have an actor who could play him if you wanted. Because, that is true. Yeah, he looks you know, just like him. So, yeah. Exactly. Maybe it's Starkiller. Um, They're going to bring in uh, Sam Witwer. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> there's so many, but there, and that's the thing, though. There are so many, op- and because like the comics did it really well when they mm-hmm. had um, uh, what's her face survive the librarian. Um, why well, can't remember her Jocasta name? Jocasta right Yeah, you mm-hmm. know that she survived. Maybe she's the one who stole Baby Yoda away. You know, um, we know from the Darth Vader comics that there were other Jedi that had survived, right. you know, um, and, and gone on to like hit, have hidden lives and have children and everything. And so, you know, I just feel like we've opened a really cool door and we've opened a door that allows us to then be able to have a character that doesn't already have another mission. Like mm-hmm. I, when I knew Ahsoka was going to come into the series. I was like, but we're not just going to hand the child to her because she's already got her own mission. Right. And so it's not going to be her. So there, if you add a Jedi to this show, it's going to be a character to which that can be their mission, mm-hmm. you know, is to be with Din and Grogu and be a part of the crew, basically. Right. And basically be the master to help train this this character that's not going to be leaving Din's side anytime soon. And in many ways, is going to have, you know, two dads or, you know, a mom and a dad, basically, depending mm-hmm. on who this this Jedi is, um, because this character is going to be raised in a completely different way. Grogu is not going to be leaving Din's side anytime soon. So I just there's so many great questions that they raised mm-hmm. in just like three sentences that I, I really can't wait to have answered. And I mean, I could be wrong. You may feel totally different, but... I th- I feel like they answered stuff in a way to give us answers without fully committing because I don't know that they have um have that pinned down specifically like friends like talking about like oh who um you know who was it that actually got him out of the temple like that may not be something that they have uh, specifically laid out right now because it's, I mean, it's not pressing, um, but it may be something, you know, a story for another time. Well, and it makes me wonder, remember, you know, the first season was so much about like Din's past. Mm -hmm. uh, And then this one has kind of been more about the child's past or or Grogu's past. So um, I think that that may be, maybe we will get flashbacks as we continue to move forward about his 
pass, which, you know, it creates a great opening. And I think that's something that really makes sense then as we kind of like maybe look for, you know, we go to Tython and, you know, hopefully he'll, you know, uh, feel through the force. So somebody will come looking for him. And that gives you that opportunity to continue to open those doors as Grogu grows as uh, a child into, you know, you know, hopefully we'll get to the point where we can, you know, have him start talking to us and those kind of things. And like, I think that would come through him starting to be force trained and, and, you know, uh, and everything. So like all of this, I think is just really, really fascinating. Um, and again, like you said, there's so many doors you can open, so many questions you can ask and it just, they don't have to. And that's the smart thing is they're not trying to dump it all on us now, you know, like, it's it's being parsed out in a way that makes the show so enjoyable then to what am i what are they going to tell me this week what are they going to tell me this week i think that's the thing that they're doing really well is they're giving just enough information to continue to keep us hooked week after yeah. week yeah i i don't know it, it, yeah it's it's so good and there so the next thing like i i want to mention is i mean this was it may seem odd, but this was my favorite thing to happen in this entire episode. Um, because just to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's so perfect. Like it's this coming together. It's like the circle is now complete, you know, where she looks at Grogu and says, I sense much fear in you. And I was like, that was awesome because, you know, this is the Padawan of uh anakin you know father of luke skywalker saying this to you know the probably the only living species uh you know to share possibly yoda's son but you know uh the only living species uh likely uh the, the you know shared species with yoda you know like just those connections and to see it turned around instead of yoda right. saying that to uh to luke you know, it's Ahsoka saying that to to Grogu, and there was just I don't know, there was something about that that just to me I was like, this is Star Wars. I'm like, at it, like you cut it down at its heart. This is what Star Wars is right here. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. You know, when you think about the idea of that being said to him mm -hmm. and I, you know, this gets into a really interesting subject because, you know, she says she won't train him because right. of, of this attachment that's had this fear he has. Um, and she's seen what that can do. I mean, obviously the reason she's not going to train him is because she's got another mission too, like that she's on. And, and that mission right now does not include training a kid in the force. Um, also we, we know, she doesn't really consider her, herself a Jedi. People will call her a Jedi in this episode, right. but that's not who Ahsoka is per se, you know? Right. Um, she's somebody, some, she's something beyond that in, yeah. in many ways. And so, um, the, the idea of, of him having to be trained in a completely different fashion, like what if, you know, Anakin hadn't had to have left his mom, mm -hmm. you know? What if Qui-Gon basically had just stayed on Tatooine? You know, um, all of those kind of obviously the question we all ask and, you know, and Dave brought up in the gallery series, which was if Qui-Gon had lived, Anakin would have turned out much differently. You know, right. so this is where, you know, Grogu being trained by a Jedi who's willing to have Din 
around mm-hmm. because of the attachment he has and to not take that attachment away, I think m- creates the ability to foster a new type of Jedi right. that we've never seen before that I think is fascinating. And right. so to me, that just really opens up a lot of doors. But absolutely, like you said, when she's like, I sense Mud's fear in you. You know, yeah. it's funny to see a species of, of of Yoda's species be told that the same way Anakin was told that. Um, and, you know, it, it makes sense, too, why she would be reticent to do it in the first place when she's seen the impact of that. You mm-hmm. know, she knows exactly what happens when you train somebody who should not be trained. Um, it is not ready emotionally for that. Um, and because she has other things to do, I think it also makes sense where she is willing to give that up to Grogu to make that choice instead of her making it in the same way that Qui-Gon basically made that for Anakin, which is I'm going to take this child away and I'm going to train it. And Anakin, yes, he he leaves of his own volition, but he leaves because Qui-Gon asked him to. Right. When Qui-Gon's dead, you know, it creates this this rift, I think. Um, and of course, Grogu then being able to choose when they get to Tython, if he reaches out in the force, somebody will come to him. Yeah. You know, uh, and I think that, again, we're just we're trying to flip the script. We're trying to change the 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 uh, old pattern. And so I think that's mm-hmm. really beautiful to see here. Ahsoka not playing by all the original Jedi rules here. Um and uh, I just think it's really smart, and I can't wait to see how it plays out, you know, whatever they end up doing with the show. So, yeah. And which I, I, I want to, you know, do a, a little, uh, <laughs> um, I guess I would say like a public service announcement here or something with, with what you said, because I, I, I do totally agree with you. Um, you know, she's she doesn't see herself as uh, a Jedi anymore. Um, you know, I, I think it, it comes down to like what what is a Jedi, you know, there, there's sort of like the, the reformation of it and everything. Um, you know, you, you, you have the different kinds and, but I think that like when you're talking specifically like that, um, Jedi from like that new Republic or not new Republic, um, but that, you know, galactic Republic era, you know, the, uh, clone wars era, um, you know, they, they do have, uh, so I guess, you know, sort of different feelings and, and teachings and stuff than, you know, what you even see later with like Luke and, and what you're seeing with Ahsoka. So she's, I think in that way, she's not, but that doesn't mean, cause, you know, cause a lot of people go, oh, she's gray Jedi. No, 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 no. Don't say like, that's not a thing. <laughs> like I, I've heard some people refer to her as a gray Jedi. I'm like, no, that's not it. That's gray Jedi. It has never been in anything official in star Wars, it is a fan thing that is essentially just power fantasy. You know, it's, it has nothing to, it is so far from right. What is set up as the light side and the dark side and and that conflict. It's, Oh, I can use both and be totally awesome with no, with none of the consequences of, of the dark side. So, well, and that's uh, yeah. one thing. I mean, I, even in this episode, we don't see uh, Ahsoka doing anything dark, right? You know, yeah. um, she is legitimately doing the job that the Jedi were meant to do. You know, right, like I said right. earlier, you know, she's out there righting wrongs in the galaxy. Of course, it's a part of the mission that she's on. Mm-hmm. But that mission has led her to a place that's being oppressed in a terrible way. And she yep. takes out that oppression. 
Um, and she doesn't kill everyone too. Like I said earlier, you know, she nods at that guy to be like, dude, run. You right. know, like, and he runs, right? And so, and even Din does the same thing. He was a he was a willing to let uh he was willing to uh, let Lang Lang die yeah. or, or Lang go. Right. And and you know, um, if he really wanted to. And of course, you know, he's ready if he doesn't, and of course he has to kill him. So <laughs> right, you know, right. I think I think that's that's really uh, you know, it what we see in these characters is is honor. Uh, right. And and I think that's where Din and and why, you know, uh he keeps finding these people that um have parts of his own personality and as and Ahsoka does, you know, she has a lot of honor, she has a lot of dignity. Um and uh and and she holds to the light side ideals. She might not call herself a Jedi, but um she holds to the very truths to which the Jedi maybe just missed mm -hmm. you know for a lot of years and i think that's that's the beauty of that you know and and so you don't have to call yourself a jedi to still live by the the very principles that they should have been upholding all those right. years right yeah a hundred percent yeah like i said i was i wasn't in any way implying that you were saying anything about gray jedi i just know that some oh, no, people no, will go no, I, oh I, just, I know what matt's talking about he's talking about the great jedi <laughs> so i just will say to everybody no matt is not talking about the great jedi that's, no no that's not it, yeah. at all absolutely <laughs> um but yeah no and and like you said with the honor thing um yeah i mean that dead on because that's that's a thing too that it's those important distinctions because I never thought for a moment that he was actually even considering uh, killing Ahsoka for them. But to me, it was very important that they showed and, and specified he never even agreed. Like, he never said, okay, I will do this. He's just like, my price is really high. You know, and they're like, well, and we can And then he was like, where is she? Yeah. Because yeah. they basically helped him on his mission. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But but he never lied, you know. He like they assumed, you know. He let them make their uh, their assumptions, but he never yes. uh, said that that he was you know taking on uh, that job or any of that. So yeah, um, like I said, because like that's the honorable way, you know. He's not gonna uh, he's not gonna lie. He's not gonna pretend like he's he's doing that. Um, so I yeah, I, I liked that a lot. Um, and of course they, you know, they, they set up their plan and, and like you mentioned it earlier, but I, I thought it was such a great line where he says, a Mandalorian and a Jedi, they'll never see it coming. <laughs> and you're like, it's, yeah, it's, it's great because there's, um, what I loved is the, you know, the show does it really well at those little tiny bits of humor and, and, you know, there, there's this very dry sense of humor mm -hmm. to star Wars. And that's when humor works best is when it's very dry. I'm pretty um, sure it's with but, your mama jokes. I'm, I'm yeah. No. Well, no, it's, it's, it's not with your mama jokes. Um, and so, but here it works really well. And, and I think what it, it does is it like, you know, there's just those little moments where, again, he has these connections with people that he's meeting. And, and you know, it's neat to see him create another connection with another person that could help him out in the future if needed um, with Ahsoka. Um, but it also just it was it was one of those moments where it was kind of, you know, Ahsoka has also gotten used to. We saw it throughout the Clone Wars and in Rebels, you know, working with all types of people mm -hmm. uh, and making friends of all types, you know. And yeah. I mean, when you think of uh, her learning from somebody like Obi-Wan, who did the same thing, you know, uh, Obi-Wan's 
great friends with Dax, you know, at the diner. Right. A guy right, that yeah, yeah. most Jedi probably wouldn't even think about being friends with, you know? Um, and so it, there's this this real symmetry to I feel like everything that they're doing throughout the show and how it kind of mirrors and, and, and it rhymes with all the things that they've done before. So, you know, absolutely. And it, I mean, it creates this uh, just incredible action sequence that ends the episode, mm-hmm. you know, with, the, you know, the fight between um, her and the guards. Um, were sneaking around, which was great. Yeah, you know, her and um Morgan, and then of course, you know, with uh Din dropping in and and taking out those guards, and you know, it just it's it's really good stuff. It's great Star Wars action. Yeah, yeah, and I and I love too that you know because like with Lang, um, you know, he tries to play. He you know he sees like oh okay, Mandalorian is um. You know he's honorable, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and uh, you know fake that. I'm I'm gonna pretend that I have honor and Mandalore. You know it's like he he's he's gonna let him because he is you know because he does have that honor, but he like he never bought it for a moment. You know <laughs> like that whole time he's like oh you know uh, he's like we're, he's like we're you know I can't remember the exact line, but something along the line of like you know we. Um, only engage in like honorable fights or something this ain't it or whatever you know and it's like yeah your side (laughs) you know but it was just like nah dude (laughs) like who do you think you're talking to and of course he you know he got a blaster bolt for his troubles yeah it was i mean you know such a great shot it's it's fantastic um and i you know for me the the standout here in this episode though was that courtyard scene. Yeah, you know it was so well done, and the fight between them was. I mean, it had pieces of a lot of different lightsaber fights that we've seen. It mm-hmm. had some pieces uh, from Phantom Menace, you know, where they're kind of pacing back and forth, looking at each other, you know, um, trying to figure out what. It had pieces of that fight between Obi Wan and Maul in rebels where they're just facing off against each other and they're kind of playing out what they think each other's going to do. Um, and you know, it, I, I just, I really liked the way that that worked together. And, and again, just to watch, you know, a piece of Beskar up against a lightsaber and mm-hmm. how formative it is. Right. Um, was really cool to see. And again, I think it obviously plays into what they're going to do later with, with that javelin. Um, but it was just a great fight, you know, yeah. um, and it was just really memorable, mainly, too, because the way they shot it and the slow lead up to it. And again, the wind blowing and, and, mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. And, and then like Ahsoka just, drops the uh, robes, you know, yes, like, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and Morgan drops her robe and it's yeah. like, we're we're going to get it on. We're going to fight, you know. Yeah. And, and but there's again, what was kind of beautiful about it is there's this honor in the fight, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's two warriors facing off against one another. Which makes sense for a character who is working with Thrawn, yeah, because that's how Thrawn is too, right? He's 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 war he's honorable to a sense, you know. He's mm-hmm. he's willing to give uh, to make sure that it's an honorable fight, you yeah. know, and he's just there to outsmart you. But I mean, mm-hmm. the little nods that they gave to each other, you know, when they like, okay, we're just going to remove our cloaks now so we can have this fight and all. Right. Uh, I I just thought was was fantastic, and of course, you know the fact that we name drop Thrawn, and that's what this oh, mission dude. is for Ahsoka. Yeah, 
I I cussed like I I went because I'll say normally I am very good you know lots of times I will see stuff coming you know like several minutes ahead and uh, like I Christy she gets very frustrated with me because I'll lean over you know had this been any other time you know like halfway through the episode I've been like oh they're talking about Thrawn yeah it's gonna be Thrawn wait and see you know like any other time that would have been the case. And I, and I feel like, I'm like, yeah, of course it's Thrawn. But for whatever reason, I never, like that never crossed my mind. And when they when she's talking about her master, I'm racking my brain and I'm like, who could she possibly mean? You know? And, and I even got kind of frustrated with the episode at one point because um, it, it was the moment where she actually knocks uh, Ahsoka's uh, lightsaber into um i think it was like her the shoto lights you know the 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 koi pond yeah Yeah, and i was like no 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 this is like she was trained by anakin skywalker like (laughs) she's not just a jedi you know like she is one of the best jedi but she's but even still if she was a jedi i'm like you you can't you don't stand a chance so you know but they're saying like oh her master i'm sorry okay so who could that possibly be who could teach her to fight so well that she um can stand toe-to-toe with ahsoka and then they say thrawn and i went oh (laughs) you know and like it took me by surprise uh i mean I, i mean it didn't take me by surprise when he said it but it was just more like i can't believe i just heard that in live action um and I, I thought what made it what I loved about it is how, you know, she kept talking about her master, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, we immediately kind of go towards like a, a like a dark side or light side user master type of right. thing. We don't necessarily think of like Thrawn as being a master uh, of somebody. And mm-hmm. so but it and so I think that helps kind of maybe throw people off a little bit. But. You know, the fact that we are on that mission, we're continuing. Like the last time we saw Ahsoka, she, you know, hits up Sabine and they leave. And you know they're going to go search for wherever, you know, uh, Ezra and Thrawn are. And so I think there's there's just such a beauty of the fact that we're just now continuing that story. Like... There's, there's this. This is a part of that story, and the Mandalorian just happened to step into something that wasn't even his story, right? You yeah. know, this is the Ahsoka story, and um, I, I the way that that's done and the way that that works together, I think, is really beautiful. Uh, and I, I've got to say too, you know, I, I just love the end. Not only that we're using Tython that's been used in the. Um, uh, the EU before, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was in the, um, they'd also used it in the, uh, Dr. Afra comics, um, in Canon now. And you know, that this is a place that has been in contention for possibility of maybe, uh, the argument of what, which, what's the first Jedi temple, you know, Tython was a place that, that was, con- that was considered to be one of those places that, that mm-hmm. could have been along with like Octu and others. So, um, and the fact that, you know, we're going to go to this this place and like, again, we've just dropped the Mandalorian into such a bigger story. Right. Then than, than what we thought we were getting and, and, and what we were getting in that first season. And it, again, it just feels exactly like Rebels when, you know, uh, that second season, when we 
opened up the galaxy and and the 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 our little crew started interacting with the larger rebellion um i think they're just again they're doing the same thing here mm-hmm. with the mandalorian it's working perfectly it's working perfectly yeah and i mean you know you you talked about um you know you, that 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 comes back around to something i thought of you know when you mentioned it earlier um with uh with Thrawn, you know, you, you mentioned that like you don't think of him like in that the typical sense when you think Jedi and uh, Sith, you know, you don't think of him in that master sense. But thinking back to those last few episodes of Rebels, he at this point, he obviously would have like knowing the kind of person that Thrawn is, I think he uh, would have went through a big change since then because, you know, Dave talked about that he didn't believe in the force, you know, right. and, and he was dealing with seeing, you know, seeing something firsthand that he didn't believe in and how he's reacting to that. Um, and I think seeing it on such a huge level um, with how he, you know, he went out uh, in rebels. So like, I feel like him being, you know, uh, the strategist that he is and everything, you know, maybe he's sort of doing his own thing to where it's not necessarily, you know, that it's Sith or Jedi necessarily, but that he may have almost um, created his own, like, anti-Jedi type of, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to say like religion, but... Uh, um, I don't know, like credo or, or you know, whatever that... Yeah. And and that that's something that he was training uh, Morgan in. Well, and and I mean, this is this is another place where I mean, basically can do the Thrawn trilogy, mm-hmm. the you know canon way, uh, and I think that would be phenomenal. You know, uh, and 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 with everything you're setting up, I, I'm all I'm all for it. You know, no. I'm game. Uh, I think it would be fantastic. So, uh, you know, this is these, you know, those last few episodes of the Mandalorian, we've just been blowing the roof off of this mother uh, as to the storytelling possibilities of the series. And I think it's just really neat to, to watch all of these things come together to allow us to um, connect the dots between star Wars and, and, and allow it to be a more cohesive story again and that makes me so excited for you know the rest of this season we already know they're working on season three already and uh you know i i hope and pray that um you know people respond really well to this episode uh because i i i want that ahsoka and sabine's series you know like i want it really badly now uh, I want to see those stories continue, and I want to see Ahsoka continue uh, in, in live action at this point. Uh, so just um, for me, I, I would say it's a phenomenal job all around. Um, and, I, I, you know, my, my faith has been rewarded. You know, I've, yeah. I've I, Dave Filoni, um, I was talking to this, um, I, I was talking to Aaron Goins about this the other day, and we were talking about, you know, people we may or may not have faith in when it comes to being creatives, you know, and, and there are very few people that I put my faith in, in in that way to continually tell me a story and always trust that they're going to know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, for me, uh, 
Chris Nolan is one of them. You know, he's one of the few people like I'll go see his movie no matter what it is. Um, you know, Dave Filoni and, and Star Wars and his Star Wars storytelling has really, for the most part, he's 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 never let me down. And and this I I think just goes to prove that he's he's not letting me down. So um, I'm I'm all for it, man. Yep. Yep, for sure. I mean, that that's the thing is, I mean, <laughs> like we've seen, it's just telling telling Star Wars is hard. You know, you, it, not just yeah. anybody can yeah. do it. Uh, there's a lot of ins and outs. And and I do think, as much as I, I love Dave, I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, Favreau brings something as well. You know, I, oh, I absolutely. I, I mean, I don't want to forget him. Yeah. No, I, I think those two working in concert together are what makes this so special. Yeah, because I, I think my, I mean, obviously, like, I don't know the guys personally, but what I pick up from them is that, you know, Dave learned from George, you know, and I, I think that he very much thinks just like George. But in that, I think that, you know, there's the the creator versus the the fan side of it or whatever. I think Favreau kind of thinks more like the old school fan, you know, and I think that that's what makes them such a great pairing is you've got the guy who knows the stuff and, you know, knows what to kind of put out there. And then you've got the guy who, you know, knows what he loves and, and a reflection of what the fans are going to love and those two can bang out something that's just going to be just a home run every time. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, you know, I, I think what it is is two guys who are are able to control their egos. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, and I think that's uh, a rare in Hollywood. Yeah. Honestly, you know, um, I think that's one of the things that um, you know George Lucas uh, is is somebody who didn't have a huge ego. Um, and one of the reasons he didn't work with a ton of people is too many people did. And Dave came in and, and we all know the story of how Dave got hired and, and Dave came in willing to be the Padawan. And, and, yeah. and um, I think in many ways that John and, and Dave work in a way that's very similar in that they're, they're both, they both have their strengths and they both have their weaknesses. And, and so they, they, they partner very well together. Yeah. Um, and everybody else who's we've seen worked on the Mandalorian, I think has, has done the same thing. You know, all the directors who have worked on, on the series, I think have done a phenomenal job of that as well, of just, they're all collaborating together to create something really interesting. And they're putting their egos aside so they can mm -hmm. make great star Wars because they realize star Wars is bigger than they are. Um, yeah. I think that's that just it, it. This is what the future of star Wars needs. Right. Right. I mean, a hundred percent. And, and that's the thing is like, I, you know, I think that, like I said, we saw uh, tons of behind the scenes stuff and it, it seemed like, uh, Dave Filoni for sure. I mean, like I, there was times when, you know, like in set pictures and stuff, Favreau wouldn't be there, but Filoni would, you know, um, but you know, either way, like I said, I think you need to have one or, or both of those guys or, you know, at least, you know, Dave there, if you're going to have a director, you know, so you have somebody to say like, you should do it this way. This way is, is more Star Wars, you know. I mean, I, I mean, we'll see. I don't, I don't like to, to you know, get too negative on stuff. But like, I'm not 100% confident in you know what we're gonna see with the the Taika Waititi movies. You know, I'm I, 
I hope that, that he knocks him out of the park and everything, but I, you know, they've got him and someone else, and I'm like, but do these people really know the language, you know? Do they do they really know what what it is to, to make these movies? And, like, we'll see. Like I said, that's that's the one thing that I, I always feel comfortable with, you know, like I said, with seeing Clone Wars, seeing Rebels, seeing uh, Mandalorian, is I'm like, yes, I'm like, you have people there, they understand it, and I don't even have to worry about it. Of course, it's going to, you know, even if it's not my favorite episode or whatever, I know that I'm getting Star Wars. So, yeah, it's I, I just I cannot stress enough like how important <laughs> uh, that is to, to the franchise and, and to the, yeah. the future success of it. No, 100 percent agree, man. So. I mean, this is a top-notch episode. This this whole season for me has been phenomenal. And honestly, you know, I, I can't believe we're at episode five already. You yeah. Know, we've only got three left. And, yep. and uh, I just uh, I can't wait to see what they've got for us. So bring it on. Bring Absolutely. It on. Absolutely. Um, let me go ahead and click here. Let's see. Um, Definitely uh, closing things out, uh, Matt. You know, thank you so much for for being on here. Yeah, um, let me. Thanks for letting me come on, man. <laughs> I was just chomping at the bit to talk about this one, and and yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure to 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 talk about this with you. Yeah, man. It's I mean, like I said, that that that's the thing is I always and I've I've been so blessed with who I get on for you know each episode because there's times where I'm like. I don't know, you know, like this person, you know, they'd be great, uh, but you never know. And it just, it seems like it lines up every time where I'm like, this is, this is perfect. Like this is the person to have on for this episode. So, um, you know, like I said, I, it, and it's, it, a lot of times it, it just comes down to just complete coincidence. But I, like I said, I've been so fortunate um, with, you know, having, I mean, honestly, it just comes down to having great friends who who know the stuff and um, love talking about it, you know. Um, but do you want to let everybody know where they can hear you talk about it yeah. some more? <laughs> yeah, uh, you can find me all over the place on social media. I'm pretty much, uh, if I'm on that platform, you'll find me under MattRushing02, so please follow me there. Uh, and then, of course, on Twitter, you can follow the uh, podcast I do with your wife, Christy, T- uh, on the TFM Network. Uh, it's called the 602 Club, so you can follow that on Twitter as well at the 602 Club. Um, aside from that podcast, uh, I'm also doing Literary Treks as well as The Orb over there. Uh, Literary Treks is about the books and the comics of Star Trek, and then The Orb is about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, and then over on the Nerd Party Network, I do two shows. One is called Owl Post. I do that with Dre Kaufman, where we talk about Harry Potter each and every week, one chapter at a time. And then I'm doing Aggressive Negotiations, which is a Star Wars podcast that I do with my good friend John Mills. And every week we are talking about a Star Wars topic that uh, has been percolating in our brains. Uh, It's a ton of fun. So hopefully you'll join us over there. And of course, you can find Aggressive Negotiations on Twitter at the Jedi Masters. Yeah. And that's that's a great one too because there's, you know, there's so many uh, Star Wars news podcasts out where you're going to get people talking about whatever's in you know the, the Star Wars news that week or whatever, but you know it's the it's almost the deep thoughts with Jack Handy of of Star Wars. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, that's I mean, 
sometimes it's fun sometimes it's super serious mm-hmm. but all in all it's uh it's us just trying uh, and just talking about things that like any star wars fans like if you just sat down with a beer with your friend that mm-hmm. loves star wars so that's what the show is all about yeah a- excellent show i, I definitely re- recommend it um of course, if you would like to reach out uh, to us here on MandoCast, you can just uh, shoot us an email to themandocast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at themandocast. Uh, if you'd like to reach me personally, I'm just at Morris Isley on Twitter. But besides that, thank you for listening. Uh, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you're listening to. Definitely re- leave us a review. Uh, we've been having those uh, pour in every week, and they've been you know, very positive, very supportive, and so I want to thank everybody who's leaving those. Besides that, though, that's been our show. We'll see you next time. <laughs>